0: It's very important that we understand that when we ask God to open our eyes, when he does, he opens our minds. And we're into a series, uh, The Profile of a Mature Church, Ephesians 4:17 to 32 And as we think about the profile of a mature church, we're not talking about the profile of a full church, We're not talking about the profile of a church with with a choir and all these other things. That does not mean that it's mature. It just means a lot of folks in one spot doing something. And if you want to know how some of those churches go about doing things, you'll find, just go on YouTube, and you find folks fighting and everything else going on. Um, I don't look at it. I just see it in the listing of what's going on. I "I said, I don't need to even listen or look at what's going on. But the rest of the world looks at all of that. But you see, sometimes you can have a church uh, that are are quite astute in the Word of God and they have it in their head but not in their heart. So how do you measure a mature church? We are chosen and called to be knowledgeable, insightful, wise, Mature and skilled managers. Some folks have the managerial skills, but they do not have all of the others. And the Bible says these have to be in place. If not, how you hear God's word, how you respond to God's word will be entirely different. Amen? And so we move on. And as we look at the next slide, it says, The forbidden zone, and I kind of labeled that. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as Gentiles do in a futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of Christ because of ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. That's what caused it. They have become callous and have been given themselves to sensuality, greed, to practicing every kind of impurity. But, that conjunction with a function, that is not the way you learn Christ. And so we see John is saying, You can have all these things, but those that's what's happened outside of the family. It says, You know, kids come in and say, Well, the, the kids in the neighborhoods are doing, I don't care what the neighborhood is doing. Here's what we do in our house. You st- establish a standard in your home where you says, this is what we're listening to. This is what we will abide by. In our review, it's very important to remember that our concept will always affect uh, our function. The essence of wisdom is the combination of knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. I started you off with that uh, in uh, Proverbs. Now, ask the question, are you wise? Remember that? Are you wise? Uh, in order to be wise from God's perspective, you have to have knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. And that triangle is used all the way through Scripture. See? With wisdom properly functioning in our lives, it will produce spiritual maturity and enable us to be wise managers of the purpose, plan, provision. And individuals he will place in our lives. So, what we're doing here is, God is at work in us both, willing to do His good pleasure. Um, I mean, that's that's what He's doing. Uh, But He has chosen us for that purpose, and so now He wants us to have these things in our vocabulary. So, first, let's understand some things, some basic things. One. We observe the need for us to keep our mind on the fact that we are on the other side of Calvary. We're on the what? <laughs> okay, so uh, when you're looking on the other side of Calvary, you know everything looks good for your future. You, If you're on the wrong side of Calvary, it starts at Calvary, and then you find judgment if Jesus Christ is not received. And so I listed just a few things. It's a number of things that, that's listed when you're on the other side of Calvary here's just uh, several things. First, redeemed. When you're on the other side of Calvary, don't doubt your salvation. If you're on the other side of Calvary, the only reason you're doubting it is because you are on the other side of Calvary. okay If you were on the side against God you don't even care. but once you get on on this side, Satan does not give up on you. he gets you to doubt and the moment you doubt you stop. you are forgiven. You're a new creation. Uh, and I use this uh, in marriage counseling and also about the whole idea of the paradigm shift. In Second Corinthians 5:17 it says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Then it says, behold, it says, check this out. All things become new. So the principle of the paradigm shift is everything that will happen in, on the other side of Calvary, Pass away. He says, but now, behold, all things are new. And so we list all the new things, redeemed, forgiven, new creation, uh, a new destiny, a new hope. On one side of Calvary, there was no hope. A position as sons and daughters of God our Father. His sons and daughters were joint heirs with Jesus Christ, and brothers and sisters in the Lord. And here's here's a great thing. No condemnation. Know what? First, uh, when we look at Romans, it talks about that. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Out of the three points in this message, we covered the first point. And that was divine, divine perimeters. that's 17 to 20. Uh, Our God has established divine perimeters. Boundaries that must be observed. We are not to live our lives like the unbelievers. Now, one thing that caused that to happen is that we have a tendency to live. We watch what unbelievers say or do, and then we start mimicking them instead of the things of God. He says, no, put your eye to another level. Uh, Watch what you're you're looking at. You know, you start talking about the things you looked at. And if you talk about the things you looked at, it's getting into your spirit. Be very careful. Our Father, again, has accepted this. And there's a call and plan for our priorities, focus and lifestyle. Live it in a way that will make God look good. Interview. I'm not going to go on any further than that. You should have a basic, a basic idea of that. Number one, that you, uh, we are we are wise, we, uh, we are knowledgeable, we have insight, and... And then we become wise. That that whole thing is important. Out of the three points in this message covered, thinking it through, as we continue to, let's go back, thinking it through, as we continue to familiarize, uh, be familiarized with our responsibility as spiritually and mature managers, consider the rest of Paul's letter. And so now we move to the second point that I never did get to last week. The proper spiritual dress. God has a dress code. Um, Have you noticed that in the hospital, folks do not wear just certain clothes? Uh, They wear certain types of clothes. In one hospital, uh, what I noticed, they had different color uh, clothes. And then they explained which one and why that person wear this color clothing. And so you have different type of clothing. God has a dress code for believers. Okay? Now, Paul revealed the established dress code for, for the followers of Christ. First, the who? Assuming you have heard about him and what taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. He says, now, based on the fact that you know all of this, this should be running through your vein. He says, a mature believer is privileged to hear and be taught the significance of establishing the truth in Christ. If the truth is not in Christ, it's a lie. Why? Because Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So the truth is in Christ, always. Folks are going in on Facebook and we have to talk about my truth. No. You can establish whatever you, uh, the truth that you think you have, but your truth will not get you anywhere. When you stay in Christ, you protect your heart. Okay? Uh, so... Uh, go to the next slide then the what to put off your old self which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires and the thing is now there's some things we need to put off, you can't put on the new stuff and wear the old stuff at the same time take off the old rags or what have you it says, um, note the mature believer deliberately turns away from the thoughts and activities of the old life. How what's the process? You make a decision to put it off. And how did you come to make that decision? It is God who is working at work in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. After a while, you find that God says, you stop feeling, you know what? I don't need this anymore. God is at work in you. Now be careful. There are there are, there are believers who are working through their issues and growing. Don't judge them. Be careful not to judge them, because God is at work in them just like He's at work in you. Um, Ephesians four twenty three. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds. The mature believer deliberately exposes him or herself to information that should stimulate growth. Now you've heard me quote the scripture. You see, a lot of times we want peace of mind. How do I get peace of mind in all that i'm going through how can i establish peace of mind all these things that's coming at me how can i have peace of mind remember you're not outside looking in you're inside looking out so then let's go inside check out your inside what you all already have in your package we open the package and it says okay here it is whatsoever things are ju- honest just pure lovely a good report any virtue any praise we're supposed to do Think on these things, these things that you've heard, heard, learned, and seen in me, do, and the God of peace will be with you. Then then read the verse backwards. You want peace? Okay, then here's what you're supposed to do. Practice it by thinking positively according to God's word. And so you filter things to your mind. No, this is not honoring to God. No, I don't want to hear this, okay? Okay. then, therefore, having put away the falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. The mature believer filters their words, abstaining from any falsehood, but speaking the, uh, the word in truth. How do I know that I'm speaking the word in truth? Whenever you say something, remember, and I'm just giving you some repeats here. Whenever you say something, the question be, must be asked. Why did you say it? What is your burden to prove? And how does it apply to me? How does it help, how does it benefit me? If it cannot do that, then it is an opinion. I, I, I'm going to a number of doctors and they say things like, here are the words, here are the catch words. You see it on commercials. Maybe, might, could, should, Okay, whenever you hear those words like that, they are, they are not absolutes words. You see, it's, it's a guess. And, it's, it's, and, I, and I don't, I'm not putting them down, just that I'm responsible for filtering through what is the truth, you know? What is wrong? And if the doctor does not know what is wrong, then uh, the doctor might say, when I went to my doctor this past week, and he was looking at um, my vital signs and everything else, he said, vital signs that look good. He said, I'm concerned about the kidneys. I said, oh, and what's that? He said, well, uh, it might. Okay, that means you're guessing. <laughs> All right. Then I test for I'll, I'll, I'll get a test, come up with some absolutes. Then we'll talk about absolutes concerning the kidney. And after he finished talking to me about the kidneys, I went on YouTube and say, tell me about the kidneys. How do I clean it out? What's the best thing I should drink, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Uh, Working with the truth. And then we get into the habit of telling each other and talking to others in truth. Whenever you use a uh, non-truth, then what happens is a person takes it in and they receive it from you as a truth. They believe in you. And so it says, speak the truth to one another. The moment that you decide not to speak the truth you have stepped outside the parameters that God has set for each one of you. Be angry and do not sin, and do not let the sun go down on your your anger. Mature believers understand and control legitimate anger. Uh, just because you're angry does not mean that you sin. Okay, you get angry for a number of things, uh, but it's, it's not it's not a sin. God has parameters. Whenever that anger is geared toward another person the Lord says be angry you don't like what they have done but don't dismiss their personhood that's why if you're at the altar and you remember what a brother or sister have done to you um, or they're angry with you you go and settle that if you don't settle it's gonna settle in and then guess what as you begin to that anger gets into you it not only how can I put it? Trouble you, but it defiles many, says Hebrew. Give no opportunity for the devil. Mature believers, and these are the things we're putting on now. Satan, I'm not, let's talk to the hand. Mature believers position themselves in the will of God to avoid the subtle attacks and influence of the devil. A person says the wrong thing to you or does the wrong thing to you. What is your response? Please don't revert to. You better be glad I was. I- I'm saved. Cause when I was unsaved, I would have said, "Don't even go there." You know, here's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to remain having a, a gracious attitude. Be angry and do not sin. Let not the sin go down on your. Ass. I think that is so important. Consider this: For those who are in Christ, God our Father has established a higher standard of living. It is embedded in the phrase, one another. What is that word? I I did a research on that one another. It was, honestly, I could preach on one another for the next 10 to 15 weeks. When I start going over, and this was just in the New Testament, what I'm getting ready to share with you is just a few of all of the one another, one another. It's going to keep, it'll jump out at you, okay? Here's how we are uh, to apply to one another in our daily walk. Now, we're still putting on. First Corinthians 12:24, Which our more reasonable parts do not require, but God has, has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lack it. Going to the next slide. That there may be no division in the body, but the members may have the same care for who? What is it? Okay, I'm going to keep brainwashing you on one another. Now, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. We we, we have our own personalities, etc., etc., etc. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, is his son, Cleanses us from all sin. You see that one another. Each time you keep saying this word. One another. Let's, let's go on to the next one. Therefore welcome who? As Christ has welcomed you. Here's an example. For the glory of God. Reason I welcome. For the glory of God. May God look good. Romans 15, 14. I myself am satisfied about you. My brothers that you yourselves are full of goodness. Filled with all knowledge. And able to instruct what? Second Corinthians 13.11 Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort. What? Agree with and agree with what? Live in peace, and and the God of love and peace will be with you. You see what happens each time God is glorified. God will bless you. God is with you if you recognize and incorporate in your life the one another, one another. That means that each one of you are very important, okay? Um, for for we were called to freedom, brothers, on not only to, do, to uh, use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but to love, do what? Can't get away from one another. I said, I told you, I have so many of them. I said, I wanted to put them all down. I said, no, that'll, be the, that'll take up the whole time. So uh, I'll just put as, as many as I could. I let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing what? In all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. You see, over and over again, you see this whole idea of this uh, one another, one another. One another. Uh, Let's go to the next slide. Number three. We must be intentional. And purpose driven. If we are going to be. Mature uh, uh, believers. Not only our care for one another. And how we build ourselves up in the Lord. In the the, uh, knowledge. And understanding and wisdom. But as followers of Christ. There must be a consistent display. Of self control. And sensitivity, Paul pinpointed five categories that must not, but must be embedded in our lifestyle. Here's how we should live. You know, they go to the mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of the, of of them all? And the mirror says, "You're not." Okay. Then how can I be? He so said, "Here's first, watch your hands." Um, now, now, what do you mean by that? I'm not saying this. Looking at your hands, if you're on your job and the, and the you didn't find anything, it was given to you, okay. So watch your hands. They have a tendency to reveal your heart. So watch your hands. Let the thief no longer steal, rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands, so that they may have something to share with anyone in need. So watch your hand. I, I think that is so important. Um, you're on the job, or whatever the case may be, and this seems so uh, insignificant, they won't miss this, but it's not yours. Put it down. Watch your hands. Be careful with little hands. You know, First, be careful with little eyes and careful with little ears. And then be careful with little hands, what you do, okay? Because uh, God is looking at you. Watch your hands. Uh, watch your mouth. Uh, those who come from the... the different backgrounds, you know that when you say watch your mouth, um, if you didn't years ago, then uh, you soaked to watch your mouth out. You know, um, But death and life is in the power of the tongue. Whatever you let out of your mouth and a person hear it, you would say, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it, but wait a minute. You already let it out. And um, I remember I did that Back in uh, high school, um, it was a, it was a thing that I, it, I really I was really embarrassed. The the game put me up to it, you know. Boy, she made you look real bad and everything. If I was you, boy, I'll I'll go and slap her face and all these other things. What I mean, uh, I listened to all that junk, and um, with the peer pressure, and I followed through. And to this day, I regret. I had a chance to go to a house and uh, get some things straightened with her, and I made a vow of my life, my heart. I'll never, never, never strike a female at any time. I'll walk away. So watch your mouth, watch your hand. Y- you put putting on the, on the glass. You watch what you're doing. Because, you see, people don't know your character, but your character have a tendency to work it out. And that's a dangerous thing. And so, be careful. Watch your attitude. Okay. Uh, first, walk in the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Do you hear what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit tells you one thing, he says uh, and the Holy Spirit now is our guide. He tells us what to do day in and day out. When you resist the Holy Spirit, you grieve the Holy Spirit. Greatly grieve the Holy Spirit. And he's he's hurt by that. And he wants us to really listen to him. And so be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And there are times you'll find it when you know that something is wrong, the Holy Spirit, he's our teacher. He says, Have you ever had a uh, Only your spirit said, "Don't do that, or don't say that, or keep your mouth shut. Uh, Let it go, uh, and and that's that's what the Holy Spirit said. Don't don't do that, because see, the moment you do it, then you're mugged, okay? And you're mugged by a group of folks. Let me list them. They're always sitting around. The woulda, coulda, shoulda, oughta. You know, and, and every time that you go, you say, "Man, I shoulda, I coulda, I woulda." He said, well, see, you, sh- you should have listened to the Holy Spirit, see. Then you could have walked away. Watch it. Watch it. The Holy Spirit gives, gives guidance. He gives guidance even when you're driving. And some of you are going to get into your vehicles. Remember this. This God is trying to pass you. Let it pass. You're not going to get a prize racing with them. You're going to get a ticket. Let it pass. I, I get on some of these side streets and you have a line of cars behind me and they're trying to speed and I'm not going to sp- speed and then I get a ticket. and they keep on going. So here's what I do. I said I'm not in a rush. So I'll just pull up to the side. One, two, three, four, five. And then, then the stoplight and I have a whole thing behind me where I'm free and I can go at the speed I want without any pressure. You see, you are in control at all times because the Holy Spirit is in control of you because God is at work in you, both to will and to do his good pleasure. And he's going to do that until you get home. Everybody will be on this side. So then, so, so when we are to watch our... Uh, when we come down to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. We grieve Him when we disobey Him. When the Holy Spirit says, don't do that, and you said, I'm going to do it. Now, you know what happens when your children were doing this. Those who uh, have uh, survived, uh, they're different now. They said, I'm grown, still acting crazy. Now, I'm grown, OK? But when they were younger, uh, when you told them to do something, and they, and they did it anyhow. Uh, you need to teach them. And, and one of the things you convey was, I'm not pleased with this. And uh, you're not chastising them. You just Sometimes you just let them know, I'm not pleased. I know my mom, she didn't whip us much. But what she would say to us, she didn't curse us out. But the way mom would talk to us, I said, mom, whip me, whip just beat me, don't, don't, t- don't say anything Just just beat me. She said, no, no, you have to listen to me. No, I said, oh Lord, I have to listen to what my mama had to say. And she was, I am so disappointed, I'm just, said, no, you bunch of heathens, this is what you have done. You ate up half my ice cream, etc., cetera, et cetera, I said, oh, I, I think it's important that we uh, kind of keep this in, in mind. Um, let's go, go back a few more. Um, an observation. Verse 31, there are listed five areas where the selfish, sinful nature will try to express itself. We must put away all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, malice. That, that clamor is shouting and loud and uh, consistently. Malice is an intentional desire to do evil. It says, put it, it says God have enabled you to do the opposite, and you can set it aside. Say, I am in struggle. Then guess what? That's what the family of God is for. Wherever you're weak in your area, we are not to condemn you, but to come alongside of you and to help you become stronger. You talking about a mature church? A mature church, as I said again. Um, I would love it if this place would be filled with individuals. But understand, if it's filled with individuals, it's filled with individuals with various problems and challenges and hard-headedness and everything else. Uh, g- give me a few, and let's build on the one that we have and know that they are walking with the Lord. And they, in turn, it's called the ripple effect. And they, in turn, will start uh, uh, affecting others. They, they have what they call, in, in science, the butterfly of, of effect. And what it is, is actual fact and that is that a butterfly can flap its wings in the UK. And if it flaps its wings in the UK, it will cause a hurricane in America. The guy who presented presented this this theory, you know what? They laughed him to scorn. You don't believe it? Check it out, check out Wikipedia. They have what they call the butterfly effect. Then they have the cobra effect and all these other things. It's because someone starts something and it gets going and affecting others jesus christ set a seed in your life and it's the effect where it's the moment that you start staring sharing from your heart as you walk with the lord you are a blessing to others and that's what the, your purpose is to make god look good that's a mature church okay Not folks well i didn't get anything that's there that was one member that said uh i'm not being fed and i said that's interesting I put in the food on the table. This maybe you're not eating. You know, there's always a, n- a number of angles to that. So just let's look at it on all angles here. So I think it's important that we as believers keep these things in mind. Okay, let's go to the next slide. Next slide says. be committed to maintaining a Christ-like approach in your fellowship with other believers be kind to one another tender-hearted forgiving one another which means that somebody did something that hurt your feelings as God and Christ forgave you the whole purpose of forgiving I think is is important because it says there are four things we are instructed to do be kind to one another Number two, be tender hearted, being kind and gentle, compassionate. Be forgiving, establishing closure and reconciliation. When you forgive a person, you actually said, when you say, Well, he hears somebody say, I'm sorry. Uh, you could be, you'd be uh, sitting in the seat and the person step on your foot and say, Oh, I'm sorry. Now, the first time they do that, they say, Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Then they come back, boom, they step on your feet. They say, I'm sorry. Whoa, 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 okay, okay. Then they come, and then you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You stepped on my feet two times, and you keep saying, I'm sorry. Now, you don't know what sorry is until you step on my feet one more time. And the Lord said, no, no, no. He says, as believers, then you just go and move to another seat and get out of the way, because you don't need to go there. Don't go in that ring, because the moment you do, you become just like them. Then how do you bring closure? Oh, I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me? You know, for, when you say forgive, when you st- ask the person to forgive, now it's in their corner. Okay. Uh, I was dealing with a person for over five years, trying to find, I said, everything. I could not determine, what is it that you have against me? What is it? Until finally I asked, and I, asked I said, okay, um, then what would it take for you to forgive me? How can we bring closure? He said, well, this is what you have to do. I said, okay, as long as it's in the will of God, I'll do it. And I did it. Now, if the person brings it back up, understand now, I did my part. Now, you can act crazy if you want to. I'm not walking on that side of the street. I'm walking on, on the street of holiness. And so I'm not going to go there. I see. So the whole idea is that when you close the door, you're free. If you're doing it, there's a serious problem. Consider this. Failure is to address these issues. Failure to address these issues will cause you to become frozen, stuck. You've heard the word frozen in a Walt Disney movie. Um, You become frozen with the uh, flesh, controlling what you should have taken, uh, forsaken as a follower of Christ. Whatever you don't forgive, you'll be frozen in your past. I don't care what it is. Be careful. Um, If you, how do I know that I'm not frozen? I can look back on it without all the emotions and everything else and what that person have done. I can look at it and just walk on in life. And so we have a responsibility to one another that is designed to be very productive and stimulate spiritual growth. Hebrews 3.13 But exhort one another every day as long as it is called today that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. That's my prayer for each one of you. Okay? Let's go on. One last thing. And that's when you know I'm wrapping it up. (laughs) One last thing. Biblical maturity is a lifestyle of the redeemed family of God. It stands strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Whatever you do, don't try to go by how you can do it or how you can carry it out. No, in the power of his might. It always operates in the will of God. Matter of fact, why don't you read it for me? Ready? Let's start with it always. It always operates in the will of God. What else? It possesses and displays a servant's spirit. Next, it's compassionate and it ministers to others. It is grasp and embrace the concept that we are managers of God's resource. When you were saved, God gave you a full package. And that's why when he says be, you don't have to look for it. It's already there. Just unpack it. You see? Please stop following babies who think they are grown uh, or mature. Today, please receive, embrace, and apply the wisdom And guidance of of God's word. Never, never, never miss a genuine opportunity. You may not get it again. I know I'm redundant when I say that. um, When um, I was driving to work one day, on the Dan Ryan, and I saw this sign on the way to Youth Center. And I saw this, this sign uh, that says, never miss a genuine opportunity. Now, they were talking about cigarettes and everything else. <laughs> but what, what was said at that point really stuck with me. Don't miss a genuine opportunity to get into God's word. You might not have it again. Don't miss a genuine opportunity to bring closure in a relationship. You may not have that chance again never miss a genuine opportunity to give God the praise, honor, and glory. You may not have that opportunity again. Now is the only time to say, Lord, right now, I'm going to act like a mature child in you. And at the levels of my immaturity, I thank you that you are at work in me to will and to do your good pleasure. That's what it's all about. That's what Ephesians uh, 4 is talking about. Uh, And so my desire is that all of us begin to learn and apply the principles from God's word. With that said, um, let's go in a word of prayer. Father God, we just pray right now that you be with us in our time together. The things that we have heard the things that we understand to be true is important for us, Lord. Very important for us to keep you first in our lives. Thank you for your word. Thank you that is typed out and available. I can go back over it, even myself, to remember who we are, who we belong to, where we're going, who our enemies are. How we are to act. And the fact that we are. Kingdom citizens. Because of what Jesus Christ. Has done in our lives. And that just, just by. Either by tape or whatever the case may be. One that do not know you Lord. I pray that they come to the point. And say, Lord. I realize that I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. And that you sent your son. Jesus Christ to die for my sins. And I ask the Lord that that you forgive me, for I believe that he died and he rose again on the third day to wash away my sins. I believe it, I receive it, and ask that you become my Savior. I pray, Lord, for that individual, whoever it might be. Then, Lord, I pray for the congregation to get out of the dirty diapers, as Hebrews was it, and grow up and be all that God have purpose for us until He takes us home. Thank you, Lord, for Your Word. Thank you for Your guidance. was in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, "Amen." Last song.